SOJ altercation back at it again we're gonna be doing a uh, game of chess today I'm joined here with the Alexander the Great and we're gonna be doing a little uh, little discussion about gaming and all things all things great that come with it oh <laughs> okay well white goes first well is it, I thought it was smoke before yeah. fire, right? Is that how it goes? Uh, I mean, so traditionally, from from what I, I always do, is that uh, um, the side that had uh, the white pieces uh, would, would go first, or the lighter color. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, well. Excuse yeah. me. No, no, you're Excuse good. Excuse me good. For, <laughs> for not knowing the etiquette. I was never in chess club, um, by the way, but I did used to play all the kids in chess club, right. and I beat a couple of them, so I used to think I was good. <laughs> but uh, um, it's it's so easy to get overtaken. I didn't realize how intricate of a game it was. I figured there were a few strategies, you know, Bobby Fischer, and that was about as deep as it went, but... Um, Chess uh, is special in so many different ways. Um, one way it's special to me is it's it's one of the only things that my grandfather on my mom's side ever taught me. Um, hmm. He uh, he's very successful, had a lot of money, but never spent it on us. But I remember when we went down there, he fit, he knew he f somehow it came up that we didn't know chess, and he was like, "Oh, you gotta learn how." chess and i'm grateful for that um because it's such a great game yeah. and i guess the the one fact that was <clears throat> led me down the rabbit hole on youtube was that they said that in all of the poss like if you mathematically calculated all of the possibilities of chess games mm -hmm. it's like trillion times trillion like to the 10th power like you could never even scratch the surface in a lifetime if you oh the number of moves the number of games that you could possibly play like if you played every game in, in so many different ways like mm -hmm. if you know an infinite amount of monkeys typing on an infinite amount of uh, you know, or playing an infinite amount of chess games, you would never be able to. Maybe not. That's the hit the maximum. No, no, I get, but, you I get know, what you're saying. Yeah. A, li a lifetime right. of playing, you would never be able to do it. It's, it's physically, even if you speed played, they said, and you know what I mean. In a lifetime, it wouldn't be possible to even scratch the um, the amount of games that you could possibly play. That's really interesting, uh, which also makes me feel so much better because I suck at chess. I, I was in chess club. Uh, chess was probably the first game, like, professional game. Like, I call chess a professional game because it's it's had a historical constant forever. Yeah. Like, we had Mousetrap growing up, but that's not the same as chess. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, Mousetrap was a game where you and your friends or family move through a maze. I played Mousetrap. yeah. And it had the little guy on the diving board, right. and the little net came down and trapped the people that were in the Right, and, and that's, that's what I consider, like, an adventure game. Yeah. This is a strategy game, and it's been used for centuries for that very purpose, to yeah. make you critically think, which yeah. is one of the best parts about gaming in yeah. general, is that when it makes you think, then it's a, it's a, it's a success. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's just fun, that's fine. That's That's the term gaming it's meant to be yeah. fun but when you add in these extra bonuses it's it's awe-inspiring yeah you can get a lot out of it other fun facts yeah. you know there's i think chess is one of the oldest games mm. and i think it's 1500 to 1700 years old 
It was originated somewhere along the Silk Road. Uh, India claims rights for it, and it has Chinese um, descendants that I've, that I've... I don't know anything, but from the research that I did in the last week that we talked, you know what I mean? Me just watching um, clips on the internet or whatever, both India and China have claims to whoever had the first game of chess. Right. But the rules date, the rules as we know it, date back as far as 1,700 years ago, which is, um, it's not only awe-inspiring, but to be captivated by one common set of rules for so long is uh, is worth mention, at, at the very least, as one of the greatest games ever. Um, you think about kings and queens have played it. I think one of the things that I also came across, if you could write a book on all of just the famous people um, that have played it, you know, anywhere from Arnold Schwarzenegger to um, Ivan the Terrible to... It, just fill in the blank. The list goes on. So, right. um not only is it a game that, you know, it has a professional league, you can actually win money playing it, oh, yeah. but uh, it has a following, and the following goes so deep that, I mean, I taught my kids chess because I felt it was a fundamental uh, thing that they needed to learn. It's, uh, it works your mind, it, it, it works your strategy skills, it, it, it engages you in a form of entertainment, and... It's one of the best ways to square off against someone. Kind of like right now, we're kind of sparring with these pieces. You know what I mean? It's like right. who's got the better moves? Oh, know? I can tell you, I'm not good at this. So if we're doing, if well, we're thinking about it in that respect, well, and and I hear that, and I'm like, <laughs> I might get hustled here. So I'm thinking about what I'm doing. No, um, I, I was uh, so I think growing up. My dad, who really played chess with me uh, growing um, like my parents are divorced, mm-hmm. and so there would be nights where I'd go over to his place for the evening, and after I got done with homework and we had dinner, my dad, who, would, who was a doctor, he would usually spend time you know, doing a lot of work stuff, uh, dictation and everything else, but then he would take a break, and yeah. then he, you know, I was bored, and he was just like, let's play chess, and every single time he beat me, mm-hmm. except for like twice. Oh, you actually beat him? Yeah. How old were you when you beat him? Uh, I think I was like 11 or 12. Because my kids haven't beat me yet, yeah. but they've come close. I don't let them know how close they came, right. but they've come really close because I'm not that good at chess either. Ah, yeah. So for me, I'm just like, hello. Yeah. Um, but overall, like it's it's interesting um, to say the least. Uh, personally, I feel like um, when it comes to chess, you, you, you want to have fun with it, but it, at the same time, you got to imagine it as a battlefield and that's what it is. And you got to properly position your players as best as possible to make this work. Um, so overall, I think, let's see, you're now moving stuff. <laughs> I'm you you took first blood there, so I had you know I had to respond. Can't just leave her laying around here. Yeah, I didn't even see that. Yep, <clears throat> that's that's the problem. As I said, not that good. That's all right. Making me feel better. But chess is just one aspect of what I wanted to talk about. I think um, when I think about gaming, I don't even really think about chess, but just 
you had to I, I feel like we had to pay homage to where it came from I mean of course I'm a big video game person um it started probably with Atari mm-hmm. um you know playing what was that one where you ran the hills and jumped over things. Um, Sonic? No, not no. Sonic. This is Atari. I'm talking. Oh, about. oh, oh, oh! oh. Uh, uh, it's, so. it's a great game. We'll think about it later. But it, it went from there's a, that marathon runner game where you had to jump over the uh, the it was, hurdles. It was something like it, no, it wasn't a marathon. It was like their legs were like really floppy. You had to hit like A and B. A, yeah, a, and you just had to jump over things. I'm think I can't think of it, but uh, it'll come to me later. But if you know, basically from Atari to I remember the NES coming out and it was a hundred dollars. And when we got it, it was like, oh, we got this NES. It's worth a hundred dollars. We had the big cartridges that you had to blow into the back of. Oh yeah. And eventually the button would blow out, so you had to like smash something that was heavier in front of it. We you know what never, I mean? So hold the. We never blew out the the power button, but uh, I remember my older brother and I really being cruel to each other with that reset button when. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, you're in the middle of saying die, 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 die. Oh, my brothers used to just smack it right off of the dresser that it would be on. So I mean, ours probably got a little more abused. A normal NES did, but it was it was an amazing eight bit system that had games that were captivating, challenging. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time. Of course, the parents are like, "Oh, it's gonna melt your mind. It's gonna, it's just." They no keep saying you. that. They still say that. Yeah. Like, I'm as I get older, I'm agreeing more and more. Yeah. But but there's there's just as many crypto millionaires as there are gamer millionaires out there. So um, there's there's a future in it if you're good enough. But I mean, at the same time, like you know, just just like any athletic sport, you know, you can't look at that as, you know. Any and everybody can do it. Uh, I personally think that there's a sense there. There is a skill. There's a talent. There's a quickness with your mentality. I mean, same with many athletes in a lot of different sports. Um, gaming isn't as physically intensive as most professional sports that we are aware of. But at the same time, I would say that you know there's still a lot of work that needs to be done on both the body and the mind. Uh, with any any major sport, like I mean, you look at a boxer. I mean, they're getting their ass handed to them. Like, Most of them, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, every single great fighter, like they're a great fighter for a, a very Short limited amount, amount of time. Of time. Yeah. yeah. And at some point, somebody's gonna KO that dude. Doesn't mean that they've like they're they're bad. It's just that you know probability, but then also, you know conditioning it's like you know if you have somebody who's been boxing for 30 years go up against somebody who's been boxing 10 years yeah you got the experience you got the mindset but overall the conditioning the body how quick it is how quick the mind can be and after how many hits that person's taken in 30 years might not be the same as that you know a person who's only been into it 10 years yeah so i think that for when it comes to like gaming as as a competitive sport um, I think that in that case, keeping your mind healthy, reading, you know, doing lots of problems and puzzles, you know, that helps uh, exercising your mind, playing the game that you're going to be playing anyways, just to practice strategy. But you got to keep a healthy body too, because the healthier your body, the less your mind has to worry about. Yeah. At least in this respect. It's not like you have to be walking around with a six pack and playing video games. Yeah. Because I think that that would really 
really stress out a lot of people if they were like, I have to compete and I have to get a six pack. Well, (laughs) you do have to have a a certain amount of awareness. Right. uh, Mental, you know, um, familiarity with, you know, the game you're playing. Obviously, you have to have some sort of fast twitch, um, you know, hand-eye coordination. Your reflexes. But I, I think, I think the, the, see now, I would draw a line in the sand as far as combat sports, Mm-hmm. and competitive sports. Like, I, I don't think baseball and basketball or chess is the same as boxing or MMA or wrestling. You know what I mean? I think I think combat sports is, yes, you're playing, but you're, you're kind of playing with people's limbs and bones. You know what I mean? It's a little bit different. In this, right. it's a little more civilized, or at least it, it should be a little more civilized. Um, the... Uh, the I guess the point that I was trying to make is uh, gaming. There's no real threat of physical damage, right? You know, um, so that's that's kind of where I would say if if and the the one thing that I've heard is I've heard the Olympics are trying to get their hands on uh, e gaming on on like Halo, mm-hmm. Call of Duty. Um, you know the the esports that they have. What 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 station was it that was just playing like uh, league or something like that? Uh, it's on TV now. Jeez, um, uh, I can't remember. Well, but they, they have the following. You know. Oh yeah, they, no. They, there's yeah. enough people that would fill the seats and would watch from home and would watch the stream. You know. Well, I mean that that's that's been going around for I would say the last fifteen years. Oh, you've heard that before. Okay, so I don't. Uh, okay, so that yeah. Might be I mean, like th- old news. Big that... big thanks to YouTube overall, like and and, and Twitch definitely because yeah. I mean most of it's carried out on Twitch. But yeah. I would say that. You know, you would have areas uh, or, or online apps like YouTube who would provide video content, even Facebook, you know, of, of like, somebody providing a strategy on something. Like, doesn't even have to be a multiplayer game, doesn't have to be an online game. But, for example, you know, I'm sure somebody might want to know where some secret might be hidden somewhere in some, some game Easter that they're playing. Egg, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, they would just jump to YouTube, see if somebody else out of the multitude of people had uploaded a video you know, specifically for that. You know, if you look at the first five or first ten videos that were ever uploaded, like actual videos. On YouTube? One of them was a Halo clip huh? of someone showing someone an Easter egg or something. Right. So I just, I, I um, am a Halo fanboy. Not right. a lot of people know that about me. Um, so. I, I just, I appreciate Halo. I think Halo 2 was, was really good. Halo 3 was... Was it Halo 3 or Halo 4 that was good? One of those was bad, and one of those was good. I just... I'm not so much of a Halo fanboy. I thought it was a really great introduction for the series. Microsoft needed something to push Xbox. Yeah. Because, I mean, their launch titles were Shrek. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it was it was really tough. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so they, they added in... Which I used to kid around... But it is a monumental change. Um, you know, I was like, what's the difference here? Oh, you can jump? You can super jump, pretty much? You know, as Master Chief. It was like, yeah. I was like there's FPS is already out right yeah. now. But this one, you had like a super jump. And yeah. that pistol was really nice. But, uh... <laughs> well, Halo, I mean, obviously I'm going to have a uh, very biased opinion of it. I can't... I could say plenty of bad things about it, but I I won't, especially like, <laughs> not on air. Not I will never admit that. I mean, there's there's I mean 
there's people programming the game, so obviously they're going to have flaws. There's right. going to be some things that you can't always make everybody happy. And when you're taking in criticism and when you are when you make one great game that literally changes the way that, that people play games, and then you make the sequel to that game, and that game l- destroys you know, record-breaking sales for video games, like, ever. Like, people were waiting outside for this, like it was a brand-new shoe or, like, it was something, you know, that was gold. Is it my turn or your turn? It is your turn. It's my turn. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, then you get a lot of pressure to make that third one great. Right. And the fourth one. And how do you, how do you, how do you maintain you know, your reputation like, like chess has over the years? How yeah. do you how do you stay relevant in such an ever-changing market, which is technology and the graphics getting better and you have to tell the story? And one of the things I appreciate, or at least that has given legs to my Halo love and career, is has been the books and the, the universe that they've built around it. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, you know, early on... Whoever came up with the idea to really expand universes, um, you know, whether it was through movies or video games, by giving books, I think that they did such a great service. I don't think you can castle unless you have all three pieces there. The pawn doesn't matter. It's only the king and the... the right, rook. but you need the wall to block both of them. I mean, I won't do Oh, it. no, 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 no. It's fine, it's fine. Do, do the castle. It's yeah. fine. It normally would, but... Okay. But uh, uh, um, the only thing I, I was going to say is that, you know, I look at a lot of different games. I mean, we could look at Star Wars, for example. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite games that a lot of gamers around the world have all shown a lot of love for was Coder, Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Um, and that was... That's a Star Wars game. Yeah. Okay. It takes place what, like... And this is a PC game. Uh... It was on PC. It was on Xbox. It was on no, Xbox? It was on... It was on... Because I haven't done a whole lot of PC gaming. As much as I would love to go back and play... Like, if if I think in, like, post-apocalyptic world, like, if I had one purpose in life, it would be to find a generator that could I could power up enough source to play Halo with. And if I had to be it on, like, a PC, that was the last thing, I would take the time to learn it. You know what I mean? Even though right. it would never be the same you know what i mean it's probably a waste of uh resources but that's yeah just a thought it, that I had. Uh, it released um on xbox okay yeah the uh, first xbox yeah xbox, great xbox. system yeah the, that what do you mean the giant vcr <laughs> that thing was heavy dude i remember when i got it as a gift i i literally thought it was a tire rim because i i got a car <laughs> too and i you know i thought it was like a tire rim like that right. someone had handed me because it was a huge box right and when they handed it to me i was like oh Jeez, like, right. what is in here? Right. And, uh, yeah, that thing was a monster, dude. Oh, yeah. Um, and the funny thing is that I, I did play Knights of the Old Republic on the Xbox. I never had an Xbox, but I had plenty of friends that had it. Um, you and... never had an Xbox? Uh-uh. You're, yeah. a P- you're a PS guy, right? You're a PlayStation guy. Um, honestly, I was a Nintendo fanboy for a long time and Sega fanboy. Because, I mean, I went all the way to Dreamcast and... You know, I, I love my Dreamcast. Like You it, love the Dreamcast. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of people love the Dreamcast. There are so many good games on the Dreamcast. I remember the, the boxing one. Uh, Fight Night? No. No, uh, the, the with the cartoon characters. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I thought that was that was a fun game. Uh, my, my two big ones, Skies of Arcadia, which okay. was an RPG, which was a brilliant. I mean, Pirates, 
in the sky. Sky yeah, pirates. Okay. I mean, it, okay. and like you had these floating islands, and the story wasn't bad, and then you had airship combat. Now he's talking RPG like uh, level up and you but know like like Pokemon like where you kind of face off and you do like a, or like uh, well I mean in battles like I mean you would have random encounters yeah, yeah. you know very Final Fantasy esque as far okay, as okay like, Final Fantasy that's what I was thinking but but not not in the same token like Final Fantasy is where you're like exploring a large map yeah and you you get attacked and you go yeah. into these towns I mean you could put that on a different scale where yeah well you're like flying around in the air you could get attacked uh and you were of course doing the dungeon delving yeah. of classic rpgs uh but i mean i thought that the story was fantastic they did a great job it was one of the first games where i realized that you could do base building yeah. um you could now would you consider would you consider an rpg a role-playing game like zelda the first zelda not the second one, not the gold one, but the first one when you when you walk around from each screen, right? And then you have the little hearts, and you can get more hearts. And if your hearts were all full, you could shoot your sword. You know what I'm talking about? Honestly, I would say yeah. You know, Legend. That's that was a role playing game, right? I would say yes. Uh, more people would throw it into adventure category. I think that RPG wasn't really defined yet. Yeah. But that definitely showed uh, a step because it was one of the only games where you could equip different gear. Yeah. So. Yeah. You utilize your sword. You got a shield. The shield got better. You yeah. could deflect stuff. You could. Uh, you would find secrets, and you would blow up walls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you would have a bow and arrow. You would have a boomerang to get yeah. stuff off screen. Like there were so many different little pieces of that game for as small as it is. Yeah. Which it was so big back then. But dude, I still ingenious. haven't beat it. My brother got the red ring, the blue ring. He got all the shields. I like, I never got I got to Ganon once and he was so hard. I don't I don't think I ever beat him. I never beat it only because my brother primarily played that one and and I remember I remember when we got that cuz we got that with the Nintendo at the same time and our Nintendo came with Mario and Duck Hunt. It has to be downloadable and, on a phone. Oh, you of have, course. You have to be I'm, I'm sure there's it. an emulator that you could easily yeah. like pull. But uh, overall, like, if I were to play it now, I'd almost feel like here's here's one of my biggest concerns, or not biggest concerns, but reboot mentality is where everybody wants to have a game that they love so much brought to current generation by updating the graphics. Maybe tweaking the gameplay, updating the sound, maybe the voice acting, or, or give it voice acting if it never had it before, um, and, and really, like, give more in-depthness, like, to be more drawn in, but oftentimes I find that when anybody does a reboot, it's not going to be like the original. Yeah. Like, like it, it's so much of the, I played this a long time ago. In my memory, it's it's locked in my it's, heart. It's legendary, like, yeah, yeah. It, and, and if I were to play it again and when you now, go to revisit it, I would yeah. be like disappointed. Or the monotony of some of yeah. these games, like Zelda, was a lot of moving back and forth between yeah. screens, where you know you you were fighting the same enemies at the time. It was a challenge, but now I think I've been so you know gorged on so many different kinds of enemies that you could play in so many different kinds of games yeah. that it would just be like. This might be a little too simplistic, Simpl yeah, but too. not that I would be upset about it. Yeah. It's just that it wouldn't carry the feeling that I had when I first played it. Yeah, absolutely. Still, if I played Duck Hunt right now, I would hate that dog. Like, I would, I would, <laughs> I know. That dog was so cute. Yeah, <laughs> the, so dog, cute. the dog was a jerk. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, uh, what dog goes out hunting and then laughs at its master who has gun? That's just like yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't. I think that that was the first time gamer rage like was created. Not like centipede where you were too big and you couldn't like get everything. Did you ever, like, did you ever play or... duck hunt off of a mirror? What? Oh, you mean like like yeah, try to like do mirror. like trick shots yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah, because you know the laser actually bounced off. Me and my brothers used to do it. You could bounce, well, yeah, you could bounce it off of a mirror. I never, I never tried it. Um, I, I think, I think at one point my brother and I, because my my brothers was four years or is four, four years older than me, and uh, when we were really little, like, he'll always be four years older than you. Well, it's like about three to four because oh, okay. it's not exactly. Okay, yeah. So it's just there's that the, those two months where you get like there's only three years. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you're not that much yeah, older yeah. than me. Yeah. Um, or then I could be like, you are really old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh, same with my little brother and my little sister. But, uh, the thing though is that, you know, we would, we would like take the gun and run around. Cause it, yeah. it, it had the click. It was a sweet it gun. Click. It had the click. Yeah. Like you didn't just pull it and you heard nothing. It was like, ching, Yeah. Well, 15, 20 years later when I was a grown up, I remember buying just the gun at a, at a yard sale. Right. And cutting the cord off of it just because I always wanted to do that. Yeah. Because I always just wanted the gun. You could be Captain N. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a short-played fantasy because I was an adult at that point and I didn't really play in the backyard with guns anymore. Yeah. But I did it just because it was a dollar. Did you mount it on your wall? No. I, I think I rode around with it like in the car for a little while and then eventually, <laughs> when I eventually threw out the car... Be careful riding around. <laughs> yeah, with the Nintendo blaster in your car. Someone might be like, whoa, Well, see, now this timer. was back in the day. Yeah, this was before social media and everyone hated police. But um, that's a totally different podcast. Um, but uh, gaming in general, like I said, Halo has kept my eye for at least the last 12 years. 12? Uh, well, since it came out. I mean, I played Halo 1. I remember my... Didn't I, it come out in like 2002? It was 02, I think the first one came out. But okay. I played Halo 1, and I didn't have an Xbox until mm. probably right... Probably... Like a year, it was probably like six months before Halo Two came out because they were already talking about Halo Two, right. and there was a bunch of hype for it. Yeah, and all my friends had where they were playing Halo, like they had four different Xboxes hooked up to four different TVs, and they were oh, hooking boy. up the cords. Network party, yeah, land party, and people. That was when TVs weren't light either. They were like right. hauling huge TVs for a thirty-six inch. A thirty-six inch yeah. was huge yeah. back in the day. Yeah, like you're carrying this like six four hundred pound. Like, yeah. Ah! Yeah, you need like a wench to freaking. Anyways, um, the first time I ever played, I got my ass whipped so bad. But I wanted an Xbox because I want it. It motivated me to get better. And the kid that beat me, I knew I was better than him, or at least smarter <laughs> than him, or at least b better looking than him, or something. I was better than him at something. And right, he beat right. me in Halo. It just wasn't fair that that and kid of all kids, that little beat motherfucker. You. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? My boy Sean, and he won't play me in Halo to this day. But uh, I think I've told this story before. But anyways. Uh, my stepmom, who always got me bomb-ass Christmas presents, um, when I was a kid, asked me, she was like, do you want the PlayStation 2, or do you want to wait, or do you want the Xbox? And I was like, I want the Xbox because I can play Halo on it. Oh. So I got the Xbox, um, shit was awesome, uh, I got Halo, but I, I never, I didn't get online. Once everyone was doing the LAN party, I didn't get online. They, they, they dropped Halo 2, and I played that for a long time, and then I ended up... I got married and I had kids and it kind of slowed down my career. But when Halo right. 3 came out, Halo 3 was really the game that launched my Halo career. That was what made me fall in love with Halo. Because 
Halo 1 was great. Halo 2, you know, you hear all the reviews, and I never really got online for Halo 2. I actually got online probably about a year or two before they took off Halo 2. So by the time I got yeah. on Halo 2, it was like literally the last six months right. um, of it being online, of the servers being online. So mm -hmm. I didn't get a whole lot of Halo 2 experience online, but I played Halo 2 to the point where my wife divorced me. You know what I mean? Um, that's a fair argument. Um, that's, that's intense. Our biggest fights literally came over the Xbox, but that's an entirely different podcast as well. Um, <laughs> but gaming is, it is it is addictive, and it is, um, oh, yeah. it is something that can really um, draw a lot of your time and can suck a lot of um, stuff out of you, but... I think it was because I wasn't complete in other ways. I didn't have. I was lacking discipline. I was lacking, you know, other things that made me realize that life is more important. So I've learned that lesson. Yeah. But um, overall, I would still encourage my kids to play games. Like I'm mad that my daughter doesn't play as many video games because there's 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 skills that I've learned. There's lessons that you learn. There's. I, I mean, if you play, I wish I was a fan of um, Assassin's Creed the way I'm a fan of Halo because I'd be so much smarter as far as history goes because right. they add so many facts and so many, you know, you can run and talk to Benjamin Franklin and run and talk to all these historical figures. Now, I don't know how accurate it is, but... Right, who's but it, it's fun. Like, yeah. That, that's the whole thing. Like, I think that there's an opportunity there. Like, that, that to me, because I, I, I'm not the only kid. I can't assume that I was the only kid that, you know, was completely bored out of my mind in certain classes yeah like i i enjoyed math but i was so good at it that and not to really toot my own horn it's just that um for the longest time i was i was held back because i was add and dyslexic like true add right here with true you dyslexic yeah, yeah not like this teacher diagnosed thing yeah. or, or you know uh, but at the same time um in certain classes, I was I was held back, but in my math classes, I super exceeded expectations, and so they pushed me up and up and up. And by yeah. the time I was in high school, I was taking AP calculus like my junior senior year, mm -hmm. um, which isn't like a grand feat, but it was just so little, numbers never bothered you, but no, maybe letters. It was it was the English, suit. it was the letters. Yeah. but uh, um, in history was tough because I loved the story. Yeah, but when it came it to having a lot to of reading, reading everything, yeah. Yeah. you know, it was it was tough. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think that with a lot of games, a lot of games that really like to dip into history, um, it, I think that they do a, a service for a lot of people to open up their mind to history. Yeah. I mean, like I think the Assassin's Creed games definitely really enjoy the historical aspects that they bring out. But they got to keep it intriguing, so they throw in these conspiracy. Yeah. I mean, you can't make the world as big as it actually is. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where you still got to keep it fun. You can't really get too many people down the minutiae. Yeah. And, but you want to keep them enthralled and exciting, so you want to keep them moving along. You've got to keep the story moving yeah. along in some way. Well, to the people that say that it's inaccurate, and I before I get off on my tangent, yeah, yeah. I would wager to say that... Um, the education will be in the form of video games soon or, or in, in a very, you know, interactive, immersive yeah. plug-in and get your, uh, get your learn on. I've personally learned a lot from, you know, just watching game clips or uh, 
listening to some of the the conspiracy theories or stories and what i say to those people i've i've seen some of the comments about some of the uh the history that they lay down in those video games and how it's not historically accurate or how how they don't how how dare they take their creative rights but to those people i say you don't know what really happened right. for all we know huh. uh the history books aren't correct because history is written by the victor you know, um, there's a lot of things that we believe that aren't true, that have been indoctrinated us for years. So it, for them to take a little bit of creative liberty and maybe open someone's mind, I say good for them. I, I, I agree. And, and, and to my stance on that is that when it comes to video games doing that, I think the hope for them is not to create mythos or mythology around history. But to hopefully, you know, build upon, you know, the opportunity to learn more. Like, yeah. everybody should be driven to want to discover not just the truth, but more about the situation. Yeah. Because we could go back in time to any historical, well, almost any historical leaders. There are some that are just a no-no. <laughs> but if you were to look at both sides, you know, on the person. Uh, of of it, like you know, we could go with the Civil War, North and South. Yeah, I mean, it was a truly dividing, you know, time for our entire country, and on both sides, they both thought they were right. Yeah, um, and could we say that all those people on both sides were good people? No, but can we say that they're all bad people? No. no. Yeah. So, to your point, history is written by the winners a lot of times. I think. As as we get further into the future and how technology has helped allow communication to like go everywhere, the truth will be that's out a, there. That's a good point. But it's a matter of finding finding it and see who's burying it right. and who will believe it. Right. But back then, you know, if all of a sudden all the letters from some great general that died, who was like this wonderful person, but he was on the wrong side of the battle, and all of his information was gone, yeah. then the only information that's there about him is his, you know, enemy. Yeah, and this could be 30 miles away, and you don't know about it for three years. Right. You know, or, or the, or, the, 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 the that, that report that you read so long ago was inaccurate to the point where you should have been preparing for war instead of celebrating because you wrote you you read a letter that was incorrect or Right. So so back to like, you know, Assassin's Creed, who, yeah. who I really appreciate doing, you know, these historical dips. I yeah. think it's a lot of fun. And I think one of the other parts about Assassin's Creed is for a lot of people and and I seen I don't know if I'm entirely correct in this, but I think in America, it's far less likely for people to travel outside of the country yeah. than in a lot of other first world yeah. countries. Yeah. And so I think Assassin's Creed has definitely helped to allow people to see other parts of the world, though it's micro-scaled, yep. you know, compared yeah, yeah. to the actual thing. Like, I remember uh, in Assassin's Creed 2, you're running around through Rome, and, like, you could, like, get from one end to the other in, like, less than ten minutes. And I was like, that's not possible. That's imp... I've been to Rome. The Colosseum is not that close to anything. Yeah. Like, I mean, so... Uh, I mean, it's like in the center of town. You can't just get out to all these areas. Yeah. So it's really cool to let people see. And the other cool part about that was that they had, like, little notes about these buildings or historical places or... Just information. And some gamers who I think are the 
achievement hunters or uh, those that really, really love to know everything about it, they'll read that information. And I think that that is the service that's additionally provided to the game. Not just playing through the adventure and winning and succeeding and hoping yeah. you picked, you know, the right answer at the end. But I think that there's, you know, it's not about the end. It's how you get there. Yeah. You know, that's really a key factor. And I think that for a lot of games, you know, when it comes to an adventure or an RPG or even a strategy game, like yeah. they, they give story to you, like to help help you feel like there is importance to it, whether it's actual world or yeah. in this fictitious world. Another great example of a really well-developed, built-out world uh, would be the Elder Scrolls series. Oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah. I think most people now are familiar with Skyrim for the Elder Scrolls series. I was going to say, when Skyrim came out, no one wanted to play Halo Reach with me anymore because everyone was playing Skyrim. Right. And and you didn't have to have friends to play Skyrim. You could play it all by yourself and you just right. slay dragons and walk around and read books. And just and say, Fus what we do over yeah. and over again. Yeah. yeah. And everybody was like, man, I love Vikings. And yeah. I was just like, that's cool. Um, Not entirely the same, but yeah, yeah, yeah go, yeah. go with it. <laughs> but, like, Bethesda, who, who has had that forever, uh, you know... Elder Scrolls has been around forever. I was introduced. Well, I was gonna say it's uh, Skyrim was what the third or fourth edition. Technically, you could say fit. Well, actually, there's but more. it was long down the line. So, so, so as far as official Elder Scrolls games, yeah, um, not just video games. Well, well, yeah, just just or just video just games. The okay. actual like, so there were spinoffs. Yeah, but the official like. Can, uh, canonical like games where there was Elder Scrolls 1 I can't remember the name of it Elder Scrolls 2 which was what I was introduced to which uh -huh. was Daggerfall and then there's Elder Scrolls what Scroll platform is that on? PlayStation? that was on PC okay on PC yeah, yeah. so uh, and and what's really funny is uh, um, when it came to uh, video games for whatever reason that game alone reminds me of sound like Sound effects. Uh, Elder Scroll, world. the second yes. edition that you're talking about? reason why is because really early on, because you're this character who's dumped in the middle of, like, outside this prison. You're just, like, in a hole, and you have to, like, get out. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea what's going on. I think in your inventory you had a letter or something like that that kind of said, like, we hated you. We dumped you in this hole to die. You yeah. Know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. But, uh, um, or, of course... Other way around. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. New Vegas came out later. But anyways, so uh, what was funny is that one of the first sounds you hear is the door open, like, when you're going through this cell. And, and it's this classic door opening sound, because all the doors sound... Yeah, it was like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you heard the rat, uh, like, these massive rats, and you heard skittering, that sound. Yeah. Well, there wasn't that... wasn't that they were scary, but it was this... I said skittering. Yeah. Oh, skittering. Yeah. It was... They made a sound. It was like... Ee, 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 ee. And okay. it was just like... That sound effect has been in so many games. Like, and so is that same door opening. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's always these funny things. Like, it's almost like a Wilhelm scream. Like, you know, that that's that scream that you hear in every movie. Yeah, yeah. And every TV show. And anybody who does, like, animation or anything, like... Uh, it, Would you call it a Wilhelm scream? It's called the Wilhelm scream. Okay. Which, uh, I, I don't know if the name Wilhelm was from the original actor, but I think that that's just how they, they, they just named it and titled it but yeah it, it started it came from like an old western film where some dude was shot in the leg with an arrow yeah. which 
funny enough, Elder Scrolls series, you know, it's like, I used to be, a, you know, a mentor like you, but then I was shot, took an arrow to the knee. Anyways, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, uh, uh, so the Wilhelm scream, uh, you know, it was like that, yeah, you know, okay. And, and everybody's heard it. I mean, it's been in Star Wars. It's... I was going to say, yeah, that sounds like a Star Wars yeah, scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that sound effect has been used in a lot of things. Yeah. And, and so, uh, it's always funny when you hear certain sounds in games that repeat, it's maybe partly because why make more sound effects when you have these good classic ones yeah. or maybe you just have the budget. Well, there's certain old or... old rock and roll riffs that you'll find in, in uh, certain games. You know what I mean? Like, right. Uh, I, I've noticed that just listening to, you know, Sirius XM, 70s on 7. Like, yeah. They'll have those, those trippy little... Um, parts of the song that you don't even realize that go with the song and that you'll, all of a sudden you're playing like freaking Mario on the back of Yoshi, you know what I'm right. saying? Having a trip, uh, taking a trip down memory lane because you're just reminiscing about, oh, I remember this tune. But I mean, that's the thing about video games is that it incorporates so many different things. There's yeah. there's art, yeah. there's there's the overall adventure and game, there's the sound. Yeah, so it's visually stimulating, it's, it's auto audibly satisfying. Yeah, exactly. I mean... You're doing something with your hands, so we're, we're, you're... We are so close to smell-o-vision. I yeah. mean, like... Smell-o-vision, I like I don't, that. I, don't, I don't know if I want to get to that point, because in certain games where you're just going through, like, a dirty place, I don't know if I really want to be immersed into well, that. Well, have, you, you, have you been to um, Universal Studios recently? I... It, last Dude, time I was down there, I was four. Okay, well, that that's... They've come a long ways. Let me tell you, they have, like, when you ride the rides, like, they'll push heat at you if the fire comes at you. If mm. the If the the dinosaurs coming out the water they'll like splash water at you and it's right. like that I like that aspect I'm hoping that it's clean filtered water and it's not like the green it stuff that was looks, filtered you know at I mean? some point <laughs> yeah you know I mean? so it's, and it will get filtered again at some point I guess or, or it'll be dumped with bleach and then yeah coloring to change it to whatever they need yeah but uh well I was gonna say like that to that point like you know immersion in gaming is very huge um because back in, like, Atari days, like, you had only a few controls. You might have the joystick, and that's it, and a button on yeah, top for yeah, Pac-Man yeah. Or, or, or for, you know, missile defense. Or you go back as far as, you know, Pong, where you just had a rollerball, and that was it. Yeah. Um, but as we've gotten better and more fine-tuned with video games um, and you know, video games driving pretty much technological growth over the last 20 to 30 years, which I definitely give more credit to video games pushing us further technologically than, you know, a lot of people. Because, I mean, if you think about it, we as human beings love, you know, any type of entertainment, pleasure, or whatever, and if you figure out a way to get more of it... Any type of indulgence, yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't we? Like, why would we not indulge that? Why yeah. would we not try and figure out a way to get more out of it? Yeah. So, I think that that, and then, you know, there's also the financial aspect where, like, somebody's like, I can make something really good and people will pay me for it. There's yeah. that motivation, too, but I think for a lot of the creators of the technology, or the video game world, it was more of just being able to create something for more immersion, for more, like, I want to create something epic that people will remember. Yeah. It was either challenging, it was fun. And so, 
I think like our next big step is, you know, and we've seen this, like those full like suits where you're standing on a platform and you're actually yeah, running. running through like, it, yeah. I cannot Total wait. VR suits. Exactly. Like, where they make one that you can buy at your crib and you can, right, you have to have so much room to right. set up for and yeah. Well, they had that like roller pad yeah. that you could just run around it. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm like, I cannot wait for that because I cannot wait to start working out while playing video games. Yeah. And it's going to be really funny watching the gamers that are playing like FPSs and like you can hear them like on voice they're like out of breath. It's like, dude, yeah. man, come on, you gotta move. It's yeah. like, hold on, give me a second, well, man. Yeah, when you make a physical aspect out of it, it's really gonna change the game. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think that people are still gonna play traditionally like controller based, you know, sit down, stand up, oh, or yeah. on the floor. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I, I think that there's gonna be the opportunity. Because I mean, you could still go back to old games with only a couple buttons. They even make games like there's a lot of developers who, you know, build games on Steam. Or just for third-party game building, like they they don't utilize all the buttons. You, I mean, you don't have to use everything them, yeah. to make a good game. Yeah, true. It's not necessary, especially with the elite controllers with the extra buttons at the bottom. Yeah, like, I mean, there's, there's it can get pretty intense. Yeah, and you know, I know that there's a lot of you know alternate button configs where like oh if I hold down R one then I can get to a whole another menu of buttons. Yeah. I mean that's that's great. And yeah. it kind of simplifies that and it keeps it all in control with your hands. But, you know, at some point, you know, I can't wait for being able to, you know, hold up like, I don't know, like a fake holographic, you yeah. know, or weapon. Or hand signal or blink. Or, or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where it's like it connects or yeah. we yeah, go yeah. full met matrix and like have something jacked into the back of my head yeah. to where like my thought is immediately transferred. Yeah. And that's going to be an interesting place in the future but we're not there yet i don't know when we'll be there did you hear the podcast with joe rogan and uh elon musk uh elon musk is talking about Neuralink. oh is he yeah he, he said in a few months they're gonna drop something <coughs> Neuralink, where it's like you're gonna be able to do he's basically talking about the bandwidth between our mind and our technology is really slow right now either talking to siri or typing or whatever yeah he's saying it's real slow he's saying that Neuralink is something that is basically gonna, I don't know if you're gonna have to plug it in or if you're gonna have to, how immersive it's gonna be, but right. I'm thinking Neuralink, that's your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're either gonna have to plug it in your ear, or your eye, or somewhere, or it's gonna have to emerge somewhere. Getting into that cyberpunk the, shadow run. Well, world. <laughs> I mean, it goes further, the mark of the beast, you know what I mean? And if it's a gamer thing, like if I have to fucking get it to play Halo, I might have to, you know, really reconsider my whole... It's like all of a sudden you have to get your ear replaced with some, like, technological yeah. piece that's like, oh yeah, I went with my left ear because that was my least favorite ear. Well, uh, and, and and I didn't want people to think I was gay if I just did the right ear, you know no, what I mean? Oh, man. But, well, I mean, the thing, though, is that I, I, I think that cosmetically... And I think so many people have already augmented their, their bodies for gaming anyways. I mean, they're... they're there is somebody out there right now who has a Triforce tattoo. There is somebody oh, out yeah. there. I'd get one. I mean, I'm cool with it. Well, I walk around only, with the only Air Bud. original like eight bit like yeah. you know style. Old that would be cool. Yeah. Or, or or even Ocarina Just the three or, or four or, triangles. Yeah, or, or like the old like Link holding it up. Yeah, you know that would be cool. But uh, I mean, there's some people who have their entire bodies like tatted with a whole bunch of different kinds of art from different games, and that's cool. Yeah. I mean, the next step. I mean, if, if we look at it, uh, you know, if gaming gets to the point where we are augmenting our bodies, you could call it 
visual art too. I mean, they're not gonna make it look so clunky to where it's gonna be so disturbing or how it's gonna be visually distracting yeah. that it would impact somebody at work yeah. or you know other places where that could be a problem. Well, you said something earlier that I wanna touch on before I forget that you said it. Um, you said that it's, you know, these games are so good that it's not about the end necessarily, but it's how you get there. Yeah. And I think that's a direct correlation with life. And I think what video games do is they give you an opportunity to, or just games in general, they give you an opportunity to figure out things that you can relate to directly in life. Right. You know, you can, you can take the door on the right and there's a bunch of clowns or whatever, you know what I mean? They're going to attack you. Or you can take the door on the left, and it's going to lead you to the stairs, and it's a little safer, and then you can, you know, whatever whatever the decision is, you know what I mean? It, it gives you the choice to, to do it one way or another. Or if you do it this way and you fail, you have to figure out, okay, you got to go in there again, but you can't do it the same way. It makes you approach things in different ways. It is it is a great learning tool yeah. um, in sense. But I also wanted to ask you a couple questions. Yeah. What type of gamer are you now? Um, now, obviously, we gr- we grew up with consoles, but do you think you play more on consoles than you do on PC now? Because I know your video gaming is is much more broad. Right. Um, is, is mine, I've got tunnel vision on Halo or right. Halo Vision, I say. You know? <laughs> um, so for me, when it comes to gaming, it's very specific to the game. Mm-hmm. Um. I love games from all different genres. I guess it really depends. I mean, and also if there's exclusives, that makes it tough too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I love adventure RPGs on the console because something about having that controller in my hand and just going through something like that is is intense like for me I look at it and I say to myself you know if I were to play Dark Souls do I want to play it on PC or do I want to play it on console and I would always say I want this on console yeah. every every day just something about having that control now granted I could easily get a controller which I do have for the PC, to plug in the PC. And, and go from there but I mean my monitor for my PC isn't as big as my TV, so it's yeah. kind of like, I love that big screen effect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, eventually one day I'll be, you know, there, maybe. I don't know. But uh, certain things where you want to feel so drawn into it yeah. that you do it on a massive scale like on a big TV. And um, so definitely RPGs, certain adventure games. I mean, like, I could, I could probably say hands down... Most of my RPGs are on the console. Okay. But overall, a lot of those came from like the PlayStation area, where yeah. they really focused a lot on RPGs. Uh-huh. If you look at Xbox in its early days, they didn't really... I don't know if they really knew how to gauge the world, yeah. or, or the gaming world, yeah. but they, they were going with a lot of different, you know, styles, and, and Halo really worked for them, so yeah. like, first-person shooter, mm-hmm. let's, let's stick to that, yep. and then, you know, racing, had, Forza, right, yeah. and then you had, like, you know, Need Call of Speed, Duty come yeah. out, and, and uh, well, that came out earlier, and I remember playing Call of Duty, the first one on uh, PC, and yeah. I loved it, it yeah. was so awesome, and what's really funny is that that had a story with it, um, 
And I would say that, you know, the first, you know, Call of Duty, first two Call of Duties, like, I am I think Call of Duty was on PlayStation 1, right? Ooh, I, I can't remember. I, I I, it was on one of the, it was either PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2. I remember Call of Duty 2, not, not Call of, I remember that by the time 4 came around, that was like the best one. Modern Warfare, mm-hmm. Modern Warfare was the one that like changed the game, you know what I mean? For me, like... Because there was World at War, and then there was 4. Right. For me, it was... I loved Call of Duty, and then I switched to a different company and played Battlefield. Battlefield uh, only because the there map was There was those hardcore so Battlefield bigger. people, yeah. Like, when you could get a game where there were 64 versus 64 people. Yeah. Intense. No yeah. longer did I have 12 versus 12 in a small map where yeah. all of a sudden somebody was around every single corner. It was like... You know, this is back in my, oh, I'm going to find the best sniping spot and totally, like, gank people from afar and be that one person that creates so much hate for And then somebody finds me, and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to find that guy. Like, I was was notorious for camping back then because it was such a big world. It was so cool to just see it all. And, you know, what's really cool is that with, like, Call of Duty and, and Battlefield and a lot of these games, like, they're also transporting you to different places, too. Yeah. So, like, that's another thing. I think, though, when we see a lot of these games, especially the more modern ones, uh, we do a disservice to everybody here in the U.S. and a lot of countries by showing a bad representation of where the where the game takes place. Yeah. I mean, what was it, Modern war- Warfare, where, like, all of a sudden there was some Middle Eastern country, and, you know, of course there was some hostage yeah, situation. Terrorist and, situation. Exactly. Yeah. It was just like, that's mm-hmm. uh, like... It's it's a faux pas and and yeah, there's there's a lot in this world. It was a little politically motivated. There was definitely some... right, right. But at the same time, like they created a story that influences others. Yeah. Even on a micro scale, without considering the story aspect or or how the game played. Yeah. The number of people that play Call of Duty just in those you know battle maps. It's not direct. It's an indirect influence where, you know, you basically are fighting against somebody of an opposing faction, whether it's the U.S. versus... Afghanistan or whoever it is, some Israeli... Well, well... Any any foreign threat. Yeah. And and so, like, for me, I'm like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you get into a very awkward place Mm -hmm. and it always makes you wonder it's like can can games really influence people because we've known for years that uh, uh, a lot of a lot of people jump straight to video games as being the culprit for creating violence uh, in society where people were like oh well you know this person shot at this school because they played a lot of video games and it's just like really like you're just going to drop all that on video games not like what's going on in their personal life yeah you know, did, did you are there, at least are there try parents like, paying attention to them oh, do they have a certain mil- mental illness that was never diagnosed or misdiagnosed I are mean, they hanging out with thuggish people that right. gives them access to guns are they hanging out with kids that have other delinquent parents that are alcoholics or taking pills in their basement it, or, it might not even be that extreme it could just be like is dad and mom so busy in their life that they don't have time for the kid yeah. I mean, and that that's that's the other big thing. Like video games are such a great thing overall. But it, I think that for a lot of people, it's the not to be parent of a lot of people in society. 
same way TV raised a lot of kids in the 80s and exactly. the 90s. Yeah. Now video games are raising these kids. And that's why, at least I would like to say that, you know, I would like to put money on that the education system will pick up on this and start, you know, maybe changing the curriculum a little bit and maybe making it a little more fun like a video game, you know? you got to be worried, worried uh, on the aspect of, I mean, there would be so many different facets to that. How would the education system make a game that actually could be good? Yeah. First of all, if it's if it's federally driven, you have to worry about the number of people in the government who know about video games. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm yeah. sure that there's some people who are very familiar with video games to the extent of being very well aware of what video games can do. But then there's probably a lot more people that would say potentially older People who don't understand. Well, I would challenge. I would challenge a, a programming company or someone who makes video games to come out with something that is immersive, entertaining, and educational all in one. They and then I would challenge the 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 people and the 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 mind state of you know the people that consume games to fall in love with the art of learning. I know. A lot of kids don't care about learning, but if you can kind of program it into them the same way that you're saying, so many people played that Call of Duty game, you right. know what I mean? It might be, you could call it mind control or, you know. Well, I, th I, I would want to correct you. I, I think that nobody dislikes learning in any single way. reason why, for example, let's say that some kid highly dislikes school yeah doesn't do well in school or just doesn't really care to pay attention however yeah. the same kid makes sure that their build for their loadouts in every single game that they play is, he is yeah. exactly fine-tuned exactly yeah they studied to some degree they might have looked up some guide yeah but that's still learning because they sought information to make themselves better for yeah. a goal, yeah. for something achievable that gives them a sense of prowess. Yeah. If schools started doing that again, yeah. like showing ex excellence by saying, this person is excelling, this yeah. person is doing really, really well, instead of saying, everybody did a great job. I think that that's fine to give everybody a small pat on the back, but don't make that the reward. Yeah. Like, the reward make should be... Make a real trophy system. Give us something to right. work for. Because it, it's proven in video games that if you give them a goal of being the best, yeah. people will rise to that challenge. Yeah. I mean, what else is esports about? Yeah. Well, competition breeds greatness. It breeds innovation. It right. breeds, um, you know the drive for people to be better right you know? so so let's look at something modern now like the biggest thing right now or the most trendy thing we don't know how how long any of these things will last but Fortnite, Fortnite's everywhere and it's only been around for a year yeah and it's already Fortnite. yeah and it they make more money than any other game company ever has they they knocked out like a billion on their revenue stream in less than a year after releasing a game I don't know if that's ever happened before, but that was pretty intense. And what are people paying for? Cosmetics. Yeah. But it's still a competitive game. I mean, there, there's a story aspect to it, which is fun. You can do a lot of base building and all that other stuff. Yeah. But then there's the, you know, battle royale system that's, that's popular right now, where yeah. people are thrown into a map, 
everybody's for each other, for themselves. Yeah, it's like I mean, yeah, you can, you can yeah, group you can with people, up, yeah. but, but to win the game, there can only be one. Yeah, Highlander rules. Yeah. You know, it's just like so. The thing though is that you put that mentality in people for education. You know that we should put more honors on our valedictorians. We should put more honors and emphasis on those that really excel in every field. I like what you did there. I like that. I like how you just seam that together. Well, that's the truth, though. Like, the society moves and continues to move. Like, human beings throughout every time period have always pushed forward. Maybe at the path of least resistance, but either because it was needed or because they could yeah and it was available yeah and i think the way that society's going is that we it's hard for us to achieve a lot more um and really make ourselves stand out like maybe 300 years ago it was a lot easier for somebody to really be well known even though communication was harder but you you would know that there is like everybody would have more of a sense of almost godliness, not godliness, more like a legendary status. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, for doing anything. Yeah. But good or bad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you look at great generals of, of wars past, how many generals today can you name off the top of your head? Probably less than five. Right. Yeah. But could you name a general from a video game? Oh, I can name plenty of video games. Could you name a top leading gamer who's consistently performed for the last several years in a video game? I mean, I could name a team. Well, yeah. Yeah, So, 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 fair enough. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, society continues to want to find its, its, uh, you know, niche. Where's the challenge? Where, but I think that, you know, we've directed ourselves more to entertainment yeah. and video games um, because, you know, we don't have actual aliens to fight out there. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. yet because we're going to find out that they have oil and then we're, we're, we're go. <laughs> it's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, your planet's yeah. made of oil? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, I mean, that that's the thing. Like, you know, we are constantly trying to find something that makes us feel great about ourselves. There's a lot in society outside of video games that we could be doing. I mean, there's a lot of humanitarian need. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, a lot of stuff that's going on in our world that people need to be helping out on. But when it comes to our entertainment, our pleasure, our vices, yeah. our almost lackadaisical, you know, mentality, uh, you know, we still want to achieve even in those. Yeah. I mean, so when it comes to video games, I mean, playing chess right now, I would want to beat you. I'm definitely certain that that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, but I uh, got your queen early, so I mean. Yeah, yeah, I messed up really bad on that. It's a morale. Um, yeah. Um, anti-morale booster. <laughs> but I mean, the thing though is, is you know, with that, you just got to think about what are we going to do for the future, or or or. Uh, oh man, I'm, I'm moving off my point. But like, people need to challenge themselves more and more. And so for video games, if you have somebody that creates something to where they feel like there is a drive, a need, a, a, a niche to really fill in, people will fill it. They There will be people that do it. And if it's popular, 
because either the cool kids are doing it or it's really unique or it's very impressive because it does take a lot of talent and skill, more people will follow. Yeah. I think that for Fortnite, as fun as it is, I'm not too terribly a big fan of it, but I appreciate considerably why people play it. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. And, you know, it's a really, really cool thing to do. Um, but it's not necessary to be, you know, an end-all, be-all for, you know, gaming. I think that there's going to be a future after Fortnite, of course. There's going to be another trend. Yeah. And there's going to be another com competition that people are going to find themselves going to. Yeah. I don't know what it will be, but yeah. somebody will come up with it on a whim, and then all of a sudden that will be the big thing. Well, I mean, the Battle Royale system... You know, didn't really get big until um, PUBG or before PUBG. Okay. Uh, so PUBG did kind of define battle royale. Yeah. But if you look at like a but lot of Fortnite, kind of perfected it and made it popular. Right. And, well, they yeah. cartooned it. Yeah. 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 So they made it slapstick. So then you had kids and adults that were playing it yeah. together, and they added in the aspect of this very quick building system yeah that i like well that's really fun. i liked how they threw a forge in it because i always yeah. you know if I, if I were gonna if i was gonna let my kids play video games for like a learning time i would only let them play in forge because i figured right. at least they they're engaging some bit of their creativity side and that's why fortnite as much as i dislike it as a gamer just because i'm a halo player and it you know once again it took a lot of um you know, players from my realm uh, to go play that game and took them out of Halo, which I always hate. But it's also a good thing because my son loves it. Mm -hmm. And now he just told me the other day, he said now that the new Call of Duty came out, he said it's killing Halo or it's killing uh, Fortnite. <laughs> and it's good for it's good to see this kind of because they did a battle royale system too. Yeah. So all those former Call of Duty players are like, yeah. now we have our yes. own. Yeah. Yes. So, but it's good for him because I learned that lesson back in the day with Skyrim, and I learned it when you know they were dropping Black Ops versus you know um, Reach. They were like releasing them you know a week after I each other. I loved Halo Reach. Like that. That was one of my favorites out of the entire. The jetpack changed the game. You know. It wasn't, it wasn't the first people to have a good jetpack. It was the story. They did a good job with it. Yeah. And like, spoiler alert, every like new chapter, you're like, they died? They're yeah. like, it was just like, what? Yeah. And then finally, I mean, you, for those that didn't know walking into it, what the story was about, like at the end, you knew what yeah. that led into. Yeah. And so from there, you're like, whoa, like. Yeah. This... And for the people that were deep into it, I mean, Reach is, uh, it's basically, you know, if, if you imagine Earth as, you know, the, the home world, Reach was bigger than Earth, but it was, it was like our strongest world. You know I mean, that's right. where the Spartans were trained. That's right. where there was a lot of stuff going on at Reach, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, forerunner sites, all sorts of, you know, they could tie endless, it's fictional, so they could do anything. The, yeah, you can, you can bend yeah. anything. But, I mean, so overall... Again, for me, what grabbed me at Reach was the storytelling. I definitely played the multiplayer after yeah. that. Mainly oh, yeah. because I wanted to like deck out my dude and make him look mm -hmm. a lot cooler. Yep. Um, and so, uh, overall, like Reach had a fantastic story. I thought uh, ODST was great. ODST was awesome. But I mainly loved it because of Nathan Fillion. So, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people just will... If Nathan Have Fillion you read those books, dude? No. He's got his own books from Halo. 
Really? Uh, first, like Nathan Fillion? Right? Yes. Well, see, now I'm mad that he didn't read them, because, oh. but his 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 depiction is definitely in it. His character. His character is okay. in it. Yeah, it's it's Buck. It's basically yeah. Buck's story. Yeah. About how he became an ODST, and then have you played Halo Five? You played Halo Five. You know, he Buck becomes is like a Spartan. Spartan. Yeah. Spartan. So they they tell that story. Right. And it's like the prequel to that story, and then the the second book. It's it's New Blood, and then Bad Blood. Right. Both of them are excellent books. If See, I never read any of the Halo books only because I I didn't jump too much into that yeah. universe. Well, if if you ever did pick them up, those two are independent stories where you could appreciate them yeah. for themselves yeah. or if you've read the other books, they also have those little easter eggs and those little clues to other universes and other battles that they've had. Like honestly, in that one, if you loved ODST, he refers a lot to the game right. and things that you did in that game in that first book. I remember playing ODST the first time and I was like, I, I didn't understand what the hell was going on at first. And then, it was tough, then, yeah. And then I, I went back to it and then I really played through it because like... You were playing from all the team's different perspectives. Right, right. Yeah. But at the same time, when I first picked it up, it was after the game had been out for a long while. Ah, okay. And so I didn't have anybody to game with. yeah. And to explain it to you or something. Right, else. right. And yeah. I didn't have anybody to play with me in the story, so I'm just kind of like meandering all over the place. Yeah. I mean, and typically like my, my navigation system in my head with any game is pretty spot on. Yeah. But at the same time, I was just like, I was lost when I first played it, so I put it down. And then my little brother, who was very big on Halo, uh, he was like, oh, I'll play through it with you. And I was like, sure. So then, you know, he just like... Followed this guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we, just, we just did this thing and he's like, oh yeah, you can get this achievement by doing this. And yeah. I was like, I wouldn't have even thought about doing that. Like, yeah. And so uh, it was great. But overall, like, I think that, you know, those out of, out of the entire Halo series, I would say that Reach was definitely like... My number one. I, I didn't play... Change the game. I didn't play four. I didn't play five. I, I, I don't even think I... Yeah. Yeah, I haven't touched a single, like, Halo game except for their uh, strategy game. Uh, so Halo Wars? Halo Wars. Which Halo Wars is awesome. Game. I loved it. I yeah. thought they did a great job. Um, that did was you play a, Wars 2 at all? I never played it. Uh, fantastic. I, I haven't had the opportunity yet, but I, I, I loved Halo Wars. I'm glad they, they made that game yeah. because it really allowed the developers, the world, the gaming community just to see that Halo is more than just the FPS. Well, did you know that Halo was supposed to be a top-down um, strategy game, RTS, real-time strategy game, originally? And what they did was when, when they went to first-person shooter and just saw it through that perspective, they ended up putting together a game and, and packaged it that, like that. I don't know the exact story, but there was some lore that that was... It was supposed to be Halo Wars. Right. And then Halo 1 just did so well that they were like, oh, well, Halo let's 2... Let's keep doing this. Yeah, yeah. let's do this again. You know <laughs> let's give mean? them two guns. Well, we got the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We got the character. We got the basic, you know, outline for a story. Let's... And we got a success. Let's run with the it. The faceless, voiceless character. Yeah. Well, it got Game of the Year. Yeah, you know, no, I, and, I know. Halo 1 was it just... Halo 1 got Game of the Year. Ahead of its time. You know, again, I would say that there was a lot of games out there already that had that same aspect. I mean, you had Metroid Prime, which I think either came out at the same time or later, which took the whole first person aspect for Metroid, which was awesome. Uh, and that was on GameCube. And like Nintendo, you never really see Nintendo like really knock it out of the park with like a very overall gaming community game that everybody can jump in on but like metroid prime yes anybody can play that time splitters too prime that came out for the wii right no gamecube 
Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. Because the last Metroid that I played was the one for the Wii, and it was tough with the joyst with the yeah. n- nunchuck controllers. It right. Was, it was a little bit more challenging. No, it still, still was the main controller okay. back then. But uh, uh, the thing, though, is that, you know, you, you had, like, time splitters. I mean... I, I can't remember all the games that were coming out at the same time as Halo, but to say that it changed the game, I think... I mean, you, had, you had Mass Effect, you had a whole bunch of similar games. I think Mass Effect came out later. You had Gears of War coming out. Gears of War... So, I mean, a lot of games... You... I think Gears of War actually came out after Halo 1. Right. Right before Halo 2. But, I mean, like, for me, it was just, like, there's there's so many games to call game of the year yeah but i see why halo got it and yeah. it was well deserved because of the number of people that flocked to it yeah and i think that when it comes to anybody titling game of the year not like not like playstation saying this is our game of the year version so it's yeah. 1999 yeah uh, but like the actual like most voted upon as the game of the year i think it is strongly dependent on the number of people that play it whether yeah. they are hardcore fans of the series that are just jumping into it for yeah. the next installment or people that are brought in as brand new people yeah. and i think that that's definitely like got that has to be one of the bigger draws to defining that but for me like if i were to like call out games that i think are monumentally underappreciated i would say things like uh well skies of arcade i said for dreamcast yeah, yeah. but uh, uh coder uh, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, I've also mentioned. You go back to Super NES, Chrono Trigger. Like, that was Square Soft. See, those are three games I've never even heard of. You've, you've never heard of Chrono Trigger? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. Okay, so you've heard of Dragon Ball Z, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or Dragon Ball. Yeah. So the artist... I played Budokai. The, the artist behind Dragon Ball did the art for Chrono Trigger. Okay. Which, so... Not many people in the U.S. were, were aware of Dragon Ball, because mm-hmm. this was the time of Dragon Ball. Um, and not many people were aware of the art style, but it was a really cool art style. It mm-hmm. was different. It was anime. Japan anime, yeah. yeah. So, but when you played it, it was very interactive. It was like, it was like a Final Fantasy game, just ten times better. Date it with the console? What console was it? Super NES. Super NES, you said. Yeah. Okay, so, so SNES. Yeah. So you had games out... Like, you had Final Fantasy 3, which yeah. was Final Fantasy 6 uh, back in Japan, and you had, like, Final Fantasy 2, which was Final Fantasy 4 back in Japan, yeah. and then, like, after those games came out, Chrono Trigger came out, and that was very different. Many times in RPGs, it was perspective on when those battles would happen, yeah. where, like, you would either have, like these nameplates at the bottom of your screen to say these are your characters and then you would say attack items defend or run away or some of that and, and all you would see is like this mob on the screen and you'd be like attack and then you'd see like some special effect that looked like yeah. a slash yeah 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 yeah, 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 and, yeah. And, yeah. and all of a sudden they, they're hit yeah and, and sometimes like when you got to like final fantasy 3 uh final fantasy 6 like when you said attack it would it was side scroll it was side to side and yeah. so the a guy would walk up, walk over and yeah. slice, yeah. but like it was like, yeah. and then like jump back. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were really slicing. So when you got to like Chrono Trigger, like you saw the dude like jump to the to the mob and like do full on like katana slice, yeah, like, yeah. shink shink, yeah. and like you could see like the mob like going, Arr! like yeah. it was just so cool. And 
you could do tandem combos with your players, yeah. like with with your other characters. Like one person was fire elemental based, one was lightning elemental based. Yeah. And, like you do like an ultimate like fire lightning yeah. sword attack. You yeah, know, yeah. it was so cool. And uh, there was like time travel and how the world changed around you as you played through the game. And when you went back in time, it made an impact on the rest of the future when you jump back to the future. Yeah. And then your final boss, the final boss, you could play in any of those time periods and it impacted all the rest of time like if you went to the far future and yeah. fought the enemy lavos compared to when you went to pre like prehistoric or, or yeah. what was considered like the medieval times yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or just the ancient Dark ages, past yeah, yeah yeah and you fought them then it changed everything, everything yeah. so you had multiple endings and then you had new game plus that was when new game plus like was like just happening and so you could finish the game, go back to New Game Plus, your character's already a badass. New Game Plus is everything that you've earned so far, plus whatever altered reality you've already affected. No, no. no? So, okay. so you start the game over from scratch, but your character's already, already decked up. out. Okay. You've got the same levels that you ended the game yeah. with. Like, your save just carried over and you just started again. So, yeah. like, when you're fighting those first mobs, you're like, this is easy. Yeah. Like, yeah. that first hard boss, you're like, took him yeah, out and just a around. normal attack. Yeah. 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 So, it was really cool. But then certain things would unlock because you did, like, New Game Plus. Because there was, like, these weird NPCs that you just, it didn't make sense. NPC. Uh, non-player characters. Okay. So they're just like little sprites or little people that are in your world that you can interact with, you can yeah. talk to. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, PC, player character, yeah. is who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there, there's these NPCs that would like offer you something, but you needed a special item. But you couldn't have gotten that item in the first playthrough because less, you got the item yeah. much further in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the gameplay. Yeah. And now that you carried it back, you can deliver it so you could get more stuff. And it wasn't that extreme... Like, there wasn't a bunch that you could do, but it was really cool that you could. Yeah. And, you know, over time, we've seen that in many, many games. Um, and, you know, Chrono Trigger turned into Chrono Cross, which was a beautiful game, probably has, for me, in my heart, the best music out of any game. Um, the opening sequence, which a lot of people, if they played it, they they can instantly like recall it, like the sound, that music. Mm -hmm. It was just intense. One of the best music compositions I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, when it comes to video games. So if you you've done three of the most underrated, you got two more. Because uh, after you do those two, I want to see if you got a top five greatest games oh, of geez. all time. Okay, okay. So another underrated. So it's gotten popular now. But if Dark Souls three never came out, I would have said the Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Is, that the, is that the one where you're a vampire and you have no. to like? Okay. But that is definitely I I would say that that was another underrated game, Vampire Masquerade. Yeah. Um, that was a fantastic game. Mm -hmm. uh, total cult classic. Nobody really. I mean, there were people that knew about it, but we didn't have the advertisements like we do now. We don't have the means of under knowing what's coming out like we like back then you yeah. know uh or like we, what we do now um but i was gonna say like dark souls which was uh from software mm -hmm. uh baby and it originally started off as demon souls okay if you go back further than that um that members of that team created a playstation one game called kingsfield and kingsfield is kind of where it all started where it was a hard game it was 
hard and it was rewarding because of it. Yeah. Like you start the game and it was an RPG. You were first person perspective. You never saw your character really. You saw your sword. Like yeah. your weapon was like right there. Think, yeah. think Skyrim first person view, okay. right? Yeah. But instead of lush fields and all that stuff you would have like this pixelated tree that you're mm -hmm. walking by and you'd have like some river that has no texture whatsoever it's just blue yeah like yeah, one yeah. solid color yeah yeah and uh like you're running on land but if you turn the corner right from the beginning of the game and this is on consoles this was yes was on playstation one okay so uh you could turn the corner like right from start and you could go into an area almost immediately that was for a higher level and you would die. Like, some spider would come yeah. out of nowhere and it would just, yeah. boom, you're dead. Yeah. And you learned your lesson quick. Yes. And so you were careful. You were, you had to plan. You mm -hmm. had to know where to go. Mm -hmm. And that concept of, you know, big risk, big reward, strategy, planning in an RPG setting, that was new. Yeah. That was cool. And there are so many other games now that really do that. Yeah. They might not hurt you anymore, nor not as severely. Yeah. Like, you look at The Witcher. That's all about planning. Like, yeah. any any boss monster or any any just normal monster you're going to fight, you had to sometimes prep. Yeah. Um, and so you would, like, use a certain potion mm -hmm. to really give yourself, like, certain abilities. Um, a lot of games are, are about that. And, you know, they, they do that. So, Kingsfield is, is where I'm saying that's okay. a highly underrated game in the past. Um, and then the last game that I would say is is very underrated, um, and I gotta think about it at first. Uh, you, know, I would have to say, and this is this is another game series that became popular and, and has definitely moved kind of in a new direction. Um, I would say the Resident Evil series. Okay. That opened up the door for so See, many. See now, that's an old and tried and true. I mean, that's they were making Resident Evil games before they were making Halo games. Right, but at the same time, the Survivor Horror series. Yeah. Like, you could say Kingsfield might have had that. Yeah. Which it kind of was, but it was more RPG and just adventure. Yeah. Uh, very similar to like a Kingsfield game back yeah. on PC, which is also a great click adventure game on. Uh, but uh, I would say the Resident Evil series in its early days really, really changed a lot for yeah. a lot of people because it was one of those first times that people could really, really get scared. Get scared. Yeah. yeah. Get not scared. Not like surprised. Not no. like Not like suspenseful. No, like, not but like, like have to turn on the lights to play the game. Right. Yeah. So my, uh, growing up, two houses down for me, a friend of mine, uh, his dad worked for ASCII Entertainment who mm -hmm. made games like Armor Core, was also involved with Kingsfield, and uh, we got a demo disc for Resident Evil 2 on the PlayStation, um, and this was before the game released. It was it was a demo. I mean, and, and back in the PlayStation days, demo discs were everywhere. Like, you could yeah. go all over the place and get a demo disc of some game. Yeah. It was like the first 20 minutes of the game or something. Yeah. The Resident Evil 2 demo was amazing. And... My friend and I played that so many times over, but the first time we played it, we were, we were held up in the game room, lights were out, it was midnight, we were so hopped up on, like, Totino's, and it was just like... Pizza rolls. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, we're, we're moving through this, you know, police station, 
And, and next thing you know, like, out of the side of the screen, like, you're turning a corner to go through a door that's down a hallway, there's a window at the end of the hallway, and all of a sudden you see this, and you're like, what, what was, was that? that? Yeah. Like, you've already fought zombies, a couple of zombies at this point. You yeah. had kind of a major moment where you're defending, like, a small bar. Yeah. But you're like, that's not a zombie. Yeah. Like... That was fast. That's new. Yeah. Like, what is that? And yeah. you're like, I don't want to deal with it. It's like, yeah. I don't want to go through that door. Yeah. You go through the door, there's a blood pool right there, there's, like, dead cops in the hallway, and you're like... Oh crap! Yeah, like it's, it's pain in the scene. It's like, like this is this you're is, not in for a good. Time. This is a boss fight. Yeah, and so when you start walking down the hallway in the demo, all of a sudden, the screen takes like the screen takes control. Like you no longer have control, and all of a sudden the screen flashes behind you, and you look up, and there's this thing which is called a liquor, and it's like this this fleshless demon like that crawls on the wall yeah and, and, and like and it's it has no eyes but it has this it's massive like carnage from spider-man and shit yeah. yeah um and so like it, it whips its tongue around and just kills you right then and there it's like you die yeah. you know and, and that was it that was that was the end of the demo like you couldn't get past it that was it like oh, that, that was that yeah was, that was and, it okay and then when you go and actually play Resident evil that's a normal character. Yeah. That's not a boss at all. Yeah, that's, that's just a, something. That's yeah. a standard character in the that game. And when you realize many that, times, yeah. yeah, you're just like, crap. Yeah. But after a while, you're like, whatever, I got a shotgun now. Boom. You know, mm -hmm. that first time, that first time, I was like, I don't want to open that door. Yeah. And that's what Resident Evil did. It was just like, I want to make sure that I'm fully reloaded with everything I have. Like, I have an herb ready to like heal myself if like something bad's behind that door and i'm gonna take a break i'm gonna use the bathroom i'm gonna like you know let the jitters out and then i'm gonna do it and so you finally open up that door nothing's in there and there's just like a room and there's like some stuff to no read dead police no dead yeah body. yeah and you're yeah, just like yeah. you're like you're expecting all this because it was set yeah and because you were let down in that room it makes it more extreme for the next room yeah. and you're just like ha huh. yeah it's it's somewhere and then well, like, it makes you appreciate the art of yeah scary what someone's doing yeah and yeah that's suspenseful but it was just the intensity that build up that slow build up because it wasn't a fast game yeah it was it was I mean you can move through it fast and this which what you did the demo on what console PlayStation One see okay yeah so I um I steered away from scary stuff for a long time but there was one game that was it was cartoony enough but it was still freaky and scary enough and i'm sure you've played it you remember bioshock yeah dude that game when like the lights first go out and you're walking through the water yeah and then the lights come back on and that dude's sitting there throwing the, uh, the you know you got the asylum dude that was one of the scariest things um i remember playing but yeah it's cool how they how they can play on our different emotions and how they can um oh, yeah. you know they can they can um, tickle this nerve and, and, you know, kind of piss you off with the history, um, you know, misleadings or, you know, totally get you with the space cowboys and blowing away the aliens. But I guess you can frame this conversation any way, way you want, whether games are good or games are bad. But one very interesting thing that I also looked up um, or that I found when it comes to chess is, you know, they have no, um, they have no uh, medicine or way to counteract uh, Alzheimer's. 
And they say one of the best things to do is to keep your mind active. Yeah. And playing chess is a great way to do it because it keeps your mind active. But playing video games is the same thing. I, uh, when my grandmother was put into a nursing home, I know that her nursing home had video game systems. Not like current modern yeah, stuff, but they but had still, like Nintendo. Yeah. They had Super NESs, which I thought was kind of cool because I was like, what games do they have? Yeah, like, exactly. I was just like, well, I was looking at it from a couple of perspectives. I was like, what games do they have and what condition are they in? Yeah. Like, yeah. could I buy that golden... Cartridge, uh, Zelda, Legend, Legend of Zelda, Legend yeah, Zelda, yeah, because I want to take it to a shop that'll give me fifty bucks. Exactly, for it, you know? yeah. Um, but it was just one of those things where like you would check this out and you're like, wow. And there were some adults that were playing it, and like some of these adults like remembered Centipede. Remember, I mean, lots of people remember Pac Man. Yeah. Everybody remembers Pac Man. I mean, it's just the dude it's, that wants it's the number some... one selling video game of all times. Is it? Is it Pac Man is the number well I mean with all of the titles combined. Uh, got you it. know what I mean? It's it's Because I think Miss Pac Man was even uh was like yeah, more, well, that's, more of a that's, hit. Yeah, that's where yeah. you it's it was more of a hit. But yeah. it, uh, like But there's been hundreds yeah. of Pac Man titles. Yeah. I mean it's it's like the land before time of video games. Well, I just thought it was interesting because it sold more than Mario. Because it goes Pac Man, Mario and then Halo was the number three, mm-hmm. but I think Skyrim knocked Elder it Scrolls. out. Elder Scrolls yeah. knocked it out. Just in sales, we're just talking about right. sales. Yeah. And but we're also talking about melting all of the and this is just video games. Yeah. All of the titles down into you know just for sales, like amount of right. how many people bought or how many even if you bought three or four copies while you're there, but, but how many copies were purchased? But in that category, like calling Pac-Man and into all of that, there are so many different games. Yeah. But did it say exclusively? Like well, Skyrim alone, you they might be talking about the quarters that were injected into a, a, a well, stand up arcade. But, but, you know what I mean? And that's fine. Yeah. But that's an entire series of games. Yeah. And so so it's like Mario. Like you got Mario Galaxy. You got you know Mario World, Super Mario World. You got Mario Kart. Maybe that's why I don't know if this was accurate information. Well, it might have been skewed, but it's it's fairly believable yeah. though. But the thing though is that what's really interesting is if Skyrim alone got itself up there. Like, if Bethesda's, you know, Elder Scrolls series got up there, that's way more, like, understanding. But if it was Skyrim alone... By itself, yeah. Yeah, that's that's intense. Yeah. Which only makes you think, you know, when High Rock comes out, you know, that'll be interesting. That's the new one that's coming out? Yeah. I, well, I think it was High Rock. Um, now are they gonna split the uh, are they gonna split the systems because the other video game that what I would actually put Halo down for has been one of my favorite video games of all time and as soon as I say this I'm gonna let you get back to your your yeah, no, five no, no. favorite you're, you're good. is the fucking Spider Man games the Spider Man video games have always been great and maybe it's because he's my favorite character uh, but they're fucking video games like Spider Man three the video yeah. game for that for Xbox or for uh, three sixty yeah. Dude, I, so I, I played that game for countless hours. Right. I was going to say that in my top five, Spider-Man 2 was actually going to be in there. Spider-Man 2 was a great game. Yeah. You swing upside down, you had the spider sense. I, so, like, when it comes to uh, Spider-Man, the, the concept that is pretty... Pretty typical. Yeah. Of what what's expected. Yeah. But you got to do it well. Yeah, yeah. Because there were so many offshoots of the Spider-Man games that failed miserably. Yeah. Like when they got into that open world setting, you have to do right. Yeah. Because if you don't, you you just 
you hurt yourself, you hurt the gaming community, yeah, you let look, people it down. Can look real clunky and yeah, it, yeah. I mean, that's why like you said Spider Man three, and I, I think Spider Man three was where I think a lot of uh, dissension came in because there were so many bugs or just problems yeah. and like controls like the quick time events were just so off like you would hit like x when it's yeah. like x and it's like you failed and then like spider-man hits a wall and you're like oh i thought i did that right yeah and you're like so frustrated but um i would say like the spider-man series like spider-man 2 that 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 was definitely gonna be in my top five but speaking of spider-man with the new one that came out I played it briefly. It, it's so much fun. I mean, just to get back to that. I'm so mad that it's not on Xbox, dude. I'm so mad. About it. it really makes me want to go out and buy a fucking PlayStation. <laughs> I'm that fucking serious. I want to buy... Because I, I love Spider-Man. And right. I've heard nothing but good things about that game. Okay, so, so here's what it drills down to. Because a lot of games like this, they, they, they get on nostalgia... And, and they get on the activity and they make it look so good. And if that's all you want, that's fine. As far as new things that that game provided, sure the attack combos and how to fight mobs was was reinvented from the ground up. Sure the web slinging was, was reinvented from the ground up. But overall, it it's a fun game. I just didn't think that it had that lasting appeal like Spider-Man 2 did. Mm-hmm. Reason was because... You're talking about the new one? Yeah. I, I, I thought it was a great game. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And they did a good job with story elements yeah. and voice acting and, and all that stuff. I thought that was all wonderfully well done. I just don't think it was like next level up type yeah. deal. I think they... I think it was, you know, good. If I were to do like, you know, S rank to, you know, F rank... I would say it's a solid B because it's fun, but I mean, once you do all your hunting quest things, yeah. you, know, you pick up all the stuff in the city, you know, we're used to that. We, that's something, you know, pretty typical, like go hunt and get this, go, yeah. go find this. Oh, you have a, in this game, a whole bunch of backpacks all over the place. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so you're picking up backpacks. Yeah. So it was just one of those things where, like, for that game, I don't think it brought a lot of newness. Yeah. Like, nothing really changed the mold. They did the mold perfectly. Yeah. I think they executed it perfectly. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, you know, just bringing that back out was good. Yeah. It was like, man, I really wish I could get that nostalgia kick. Yeah. And they really gave it to you. Yeah. Like, they gave you full force nostalgia kick. Great, solid game. I don't think that they really made anything thought-provoking or, or moving forward. Yeah. The, the technology that they used behind it was amazing. Yeah. And, and they definitely innovated. But as far as the gaming experience, like I don't think that they really made the Change next or step. Anything. Okay, yeah. yeah. But they took all the classic things that you love about a Spider-Man right. game and kind of put it in with this new story and right. Miles, and um, which I kind of like how they did the Spider-Verse. And I've seen the... Uh, did you see Venom? I have not seen it. Oh, dude, not it's yet. So good. I did a um I did a podcast on Venom. You could you should probably see it before you listen to my podcast. A lot of spoilers. Um Well I'm a big Tom Hardy fan. Uh he did a great job. Uh they didn't stick to the script as far as the comic book goes, but Marvel doesn't really do that too much nowadays. They're doing their own thing and I yeah. I'm not mad at them. They're making the best movies out. Um That's true. But uh 
So before we go to your top five, and yeah. we'll, we'll try to wrap this up because I know this has been a long one. Um, but uh, you said that Halo Two was one of your favorite, or not Halo Two? That Spider Man Two is in your top five. Yeah. Now correct me if I'm wrong. Halo or Spider Man Two was not big world roaming, right? That was still like your they put you in a mission and that that. No, it, that was you swinging around the city. And all so that, that was the first one when you swing around and you could like save random people. Yeah. Or let them die I think if you, you do wanted that in to. Spider Man. So, I know in three it was you were in Manhattan and you can pretty much swing from one end of Manhattan to the other. But right. Spider Man Two, I can't remember if it was. I want to say it was that, free world. Or that not. was the one, and I think like Bruce Campbell narrated it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, yeah. so like I was just like I love. He did this. a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. So in, in the he did all the Toby ones at least. Well, so so Toby McGuire added his voice to one of them, and I want to say it was two. I think the first it was, one was, it was kind two. Of, yeah, because it wasn't in three. Yeah, and, and I think the first one was just kind of like three. I don't know. I think there was some voiceover, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. But in the second one, Toby McGuire did provide his voiceover, but Bruce Campbell narrated it. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Campbell is my favorite all-time B actor of anything. Like, if he's in anything, I want to at least give it a shot to watch. Like, you remember um, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr.? Of course I do! That was my shit, dude! I remember Jack of All Trades. I remember when he was on Xena. I remember... He like, was on Xena. Yeah! Was, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was just one of those things where, like, Bruce Campbell is the... He is the greatest B-list actor of all time. Thank you! See, yeah. that, that... You're right. I agree with yeah. you. <laughs> totally agree with you there. Uh, so, so top five. And I was going to say Spider-Man 2 comes in at number five. Okay. So, I would say, moving on to number four, which is hard for me to say, because um, I think it's tied for my number three. But number four, I would definitely say... Link to the Past, Legend of Zelda on the Super NES. Such a fantastic, wonderful adventure game. Definitely had the early RPG elements. Um, You know, for the Super NES, it was really, really cool. A lot of fun. You got to explore a pretty large world. Mm -hmm. It still had that, like, side panel, like, switch when Mm -hmm. you went across the screen. But it was much larger than that. Like, each panel was very large. So, even for the nostalgia of that game, even though... The prior ones. And that's you know, SNES, right? SNES. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a couple of SNES ones here. No, that's my, uh, they made a couple of mine, too. And, and uh, uh, so that that game overall, definitely solid number four. Um, number three, I would have to say uh, the Witcher series. Okay. I think that they've definitely grown so much. Now, is that PS2 and PS3? And PC and, and okay. Xbox. Okay. I mean, it's it's now gotten to all platforms. Okay. Except for Nintendo. Or maybe it's gotten to Nintendo. I don't know. But some mature content. So I don't know if they would allow that. Um, but uh, I think The Witcher series has done a fantastic job ever since its original creation. Um, and it's always grown. And it's really developed itself into this almost... You're an adventuring detective, um, and and I think it's it's just phenomenally well done. The story is great. No true ending. Like there's so many different routes you can go because of your choices, and I think that they did a great job with that. Um, so we're that was on three. That would be number two. Number, number two. two. Number two. Fallout two. Okay. This was on the PC. Fallout 2 was mind-blowingly awesome. Well, Fallout 2 was available for a bunch of 
platforms, right? Later on. Later on. Okay. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, but did you play it from its inception? From yes, Okay, on PC? Originally, okay. yeah. Because I played Fallout 1, which was just mind-blowingly awesome. Like, that game was amazing. And and when that came out, it was it was so good. And it was so much fun. And just the story and, and how there was little blips of voice acting in there. That was cool. Um, but in the second one, it was just so much bigger, so much more, so much grittier. Like... I was so immersed in that game, and I wanted to explore that map for hours just to see if I would find a random encounter. Um, and that game was awesome. Number one, which this is just hard to even. Like, Do you need a drum roll? No, 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 because that will distract me. Because it's <laughs> like there's like like multiple games that are just all fighting for number one in my head. Um, I'm gonna have to give it to Final Fantasy VI. Which was called Final Fantasy III in the United States. Uh-huh. Just because that game alone had so many perfect things in it. A multitude of characters that you could play as. Um, all with unique stories and motivations as to why they're in that world. And then the world itself was huge. But at, a, at the midpoint of the game, which you thought was the end of the game... The world changes completely, and then you have a whole other half of the game to play. The the overall like gut feeling of like how attached I was to that game was intense, and that was on the Super NES. And I I, I cannot begin to just gush about how fantastic that was. A couple of funny honorable mentions uh, as far as my uh, as far as top yeah. games. Mm-hmm. Dynasty Warriors. Only because it's the most ridiculously monotonous. That's one of those indie games, right? For no, 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 no. Dynasty Warriors is uh, the studios like Woo Force, and uh, uh, they're they're big. They they've been making these games for a while. They, they is that where um you're like a dude? You pick a general, and then you run across the board oh, and okay. just kill hundreds of people. Okay, and you just try to rack up your kill count. Mm. That's it. It's it's mind-numbingly like fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it was just so good. But Dynasty Warriors like three or Dynasty Warriors two back what in platform the day. Is that on? Um, I think I think it started on PlayStation. Okay, but I remember it from the PlayStation two days, mm-hmm. and I used to play as Jahudun, and my friend uh, would come over and he would always play Deanne Way, and it was two player co op, same screen, split screen. Yeah, uh, and like we would just venture out and like plan how to get around to get all these other evil generals. So much fun, like. Hours and hours, and then you would find weapons, and you would upgrade your weapons. It was just fun. Yeah. And and as much as that game has had so many ups and downs, I just think that you need to have games like this out there just to be fun. There, there is no no real purpose behind it. Yeah. Like, you go through the stages, yeah, yeah. but you're just leveling up characters to kill more of the same people. Yeah. Automatically generated, they all look the same. You know, it's just funny. My top five would have to be... We started at number five. I'd probably say Star Fox for Nintendo mm. 64. Mm-hmm. Fucking great game. Pretty simple as far as, you know, you only had about three or four different routes you could take. And right. They were all... Oh, eight. you mean Super NES? No, for 64. Well, that was like 3D. You could go around the world. Are well, you yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. Like well, well, what I meant, it was it was a finite amount right, right, of ways right. that you could take. There, I mean, there was there was a couple of different ways. It was pretty ex- expansive. Um 
if you if if you're taking into account the time that it came out. You're right, right, it right. It was very um I mean, the first Star Fox was great, but the the 64 one was what really stood out to me because you could battle with the tanks now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was just it was just, just that little difference just made it for me, you know what I mean? You could you could use the bombs, you know, just the playing against each other and the just the characters. I I'm pretty simple-minded. I like I like uh, familiarity. I like that it was a small team. Yeah, you know, just the and it had a good story. You know, you're flying around shooting. It's it's uh, it's uh, it just brings you back to those old school video game days where you're kind of just flying around shooting things. You know what I mean? But it's also a new step where the graphics were out of this world. And when you went through some of those warps and some of those you know, bonus levels. It was super trippy, and it was just the graphics were crazy. The 64 um, was definitely a game changer for me. Oh, yeah. And that brings us to number four for me would have to be GoldenEye. Mm. Uh, the, 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 it was the first first-person shooter that I fell in love with. Um, and going back to GoldenEye as, like, an experienced first-person shooter player, it's like... It's totally different because you only had the one stick and then you had the C buttons. Right. You know, so that was, it was a totally different element, but you don't think about that thinking back on it. You just remember the good times, blasting people to the wall with the lasers or coming around the corner with the golden gun or, you know, sniping the dude while he's, while he's taking a piss, you know what I mean, in the very first scene. It was the first real group, like, multiplayer experience. Yeah. Like, this was more than just you and your friend fighting. It was you and three other people. Yeah. Like, competing against each other in a map where yeah. you could do anything. And you could put drones in there. You could put random drones right. in there. Right. And you could up their difficulty. Yeah. And, like, you could have your team, like, against them or, you know, everybody for themselves. My favorite thing was proxies. Like, yeah. uh, playing on proxies. Yeah. Well, oh. that, and that was that was one of the things that I wish that more people would I- interact with their games now. Because, like, you know, if I could just play Halo against, you know, like... Not in a firefight mode. If I could just play against a couple of elites or play against a couple other Spartans that were um, computer, like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't need online all the time. Like I'm almost upset when I don't have Wi-Fi or when my internet's not working because I'm taken back to this old archaic way of playing video games if I want to play and I have to play campaign mode. Like I've beaten all the campaign modes. But anyways, right. so uh, number three, I would have to go to... I mean... You gotta say, probably Mario, and I would just say broad Mario all the way around, just because I had so much fun playing it. So you're including like Mario, Super Mario One World through, yeah. and like Mario Kart. No, I didn't. Have, like now Mario, Galaxy. I would say I would say I'm including Mario One through Three, uh-huh. Super Mario World that came out for SNES. Well, it's SNES, but I'm talking about the Super Mario World that came out for '64. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one was, that was huge, huge too. Yeah. Um and uh, uh and uh Mario Kart because yeah. Mario Kart endless hours playing that and that was a competition one. And it was it, the great thing about Mario Kart and Mario altogether was the girls were kind of into it too. Like you could yeah. get a girl to play Peach or you could get a girl to you know what I'm saying play Toad. Play Mario's with you, yeah, or or even be Luigi sometimes if you were just playing like Mario three. Nobody or wants to be Luigi. Well, I, I would be Luigi if it made them, you know, come would, to play. I would always be Yoshi or Toad. Well, yeah. and I'm talking about before you could be either of them. You know what I mean? Oh. It was just for two players, you, were, you had to switch back and forth between mm-hmm. Mario or Luigi. It was just, it was a fun way to keep someone else in the, in the game with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so that would, so Mario would be number three. I know it's broad. 
Um, no, that's fine. Number two, it would have to be The Legend of Zelda. Yep. Now, I would say, I didn't like the, the Gold Edition um, Adventures of Link. I didn't like no, that game. The side-scroller? No. Yeah, that, that's... that was, it wasn't fun for me, but it, the first one from NES, mm-hmm. and then, of course, the one for 64. Yeah, Ocarina of Time, yeah. Ocarina of Time, oh my god, that game. Between riding a horse, blowing the flute, and being able to summon different things, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. the 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 multi, you know, the huge world that you got to immerse yourself in, and it was yeah. it was cartoon enough where you could still play around. Um, and when you made a change, you could see it. Like, when, yeah. you, when you finished the mountain, like, when you looked far away, like, it wasn't smoking. Yeah, exactly. Like, it had all those, yeah. those interactive clues and all those things that really brought you, in. it gave you a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction, you know what I mean? And then, of course, number one, it's gotta be Halo. Yeah. You know, it's it's I've spent the most time on it. Um it's it's my game of choice. It's it's been a drug for me. It's been a relief for me. It's also it's also been a, a good um segue into my adult learning life. I I was fortunate enough to be born in America and I was fortunate enough to to be born white and to be born a male. So I've I've been able to get by and You're acknowledging your privilege. It's, That's it's, good. It's easy. It's easy for me to find a job, and I've been able to support myself in a way that you know. One of my first goals as an adult was to be able to have a house right. and be able to afford to keep the lights on and keep the internet on, so that I could play video games whenever I wasn't working. You know what I mean? That was like one of my first goals as an adult. Right. You know, and now that I've achieved that and maintained that for almost fifteen years, mm-hmm. you know, I'm starting to learn more about the world and. Because I've immersed myself so deeply in Halo, there's so many um, things that that relate back and forth to real world between, you know, um, the story of Halo is basically, you know, it's a love story between this soldier and this AI. And basically, you can, you can relate that in a lot of different ways because there's war, there's a love story, there's, um, you know, man and technology coming together to create this um you know this symbiotic relationship um that is eventually coming you know what i mean like you were talking about having a gamer ear or a gamer eyeball installed you know i mean eventually that's what we're that's what's gonna happen you know people are gonna start replacing their parts with newer greater parts which is why everybody should read something about cyberpunk now like either check out shadow runners or cyberpunk you know and that game's coming out like next year which is or two years from now, or something like that. Well, and I have a theory on that. I think some of the smartest people in the world are making some of these video games. Or you have to be some sort of special person to have this computer knowledge. And if, if right. in their spare time, they're probably reading these sci-fis or these these great novels and these these books that puts you in a state of thinking that really wants to you know uh, pull at our creativity and pull at the the spectrum of what's possible. You know what I mean? So I think games are a great way to immerse ourselves, especially from a young age. You can really get into games and you can you can figure out strategy. You can figure out things from the real world. You can figure out how to talk to people or how not to talk to people. You can figure out about being rude or being polite through games. You know, right. I'm not saying that your parents should back off and not do their job, you know what I mean? But there's so many there's so many good things about it, I think that we should as a collectively, we should put more of this good information about it 
um, because there's so much negative stuff or you're yeah. wasting your life. I, 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 I definitely see what you're getting at, and, and I agree. I mean, you know, I think that uh, when it comes to gaming overall, like, in certain games, they can give you a lot of those real-life connections, and when you have something like that, it helps you kind of rationalize or even be pragmatic about it yeah. uh, and just be like, whoa, whoa, that, that's, that's like, I can relate, and... I think that that's a very important thing. Uh, and then, you know, as, as technology grows, we're going to just be able to do that on a much larger scale. Like, we're going to be able to figure out a way to create games to where we can get on all the emotional strings. Not just, like, the fear factor from Resident Evil or or the just thrill of fighting or, or anything like that. We'll be able to get into complex relationship, like, development, which a lot of games have definitely gotten into yeah and even halo like it, it defines that relationship between you know master chief and, and cortana and cortana but at the same time i think that there will be an eventual point where you know people will really really be like highly strung out on their choices on building a relationship with yeah. another character of that game granted there are lots of games where a lot of people do get stressed out, like Mass Effect. Yeah. This is the, it's the relationship builder yeah. in space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, unless you're you're the type that's just like, okay, well, bang, you know that 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 type of uh, shepherd. But either way, you know, I think that with technology, it's more of the relatability to who we are. Like, yeah. the more we can make it almost truly realistic for us. Like, that'll be a great day. Yeah. But at the same time, it could be a toss-up. It could be a really bad day. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I tend to stick on the, the glass half-full side of things. And uh, I I like what I've seen so far. You know, there's always... You know, the pendulum's going to swing both ways no matter what you do. Yeah. But uh, I think we... I think as a collective, um, continuing to head in this direction of... Um, you know, entertainment and games, the way that they're going, I think it's overall, it's a good thing. I mean, you could argue, you know, uh, uh, not Red Dead Redemption, but uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto. There's mm -hmm. a lot of bad things. You can beat up prostitutes and take their money, and, and, and there's a lot of poor things that you can do with it. But yeah, um, on the flip side of that, there's a lot of good things you can do. There's there's a lot of interactions. There's There's... Uh, and anyways, we haven't we barely touched the tip of the oh yeah. There's so much more. Go, but uh, I gotta get out of here. I really appreciate you hanging out and chatting with me. Yeah, man. I say we do it again. And since we didn't finish our game of chess, yeah, I don't know if we could take a picture of it or preserve the game as it is. I say we finish <laughs> it on our next podcast. Okay. But uh, Alexander the Great, it was great talking with you, brother. <laughs> and I say we do this again. But until then, all you SOJ fans out there, stay tuned. And we'll be coming at you again soon. Peace.